Welcome to the Random Rant Generator. I am Zathras. This is Zathras. Hello. And this is Zathras. 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 Okay. No, Zathras. Zathras. No, Zathras. Zeus. No, no, no. Listen, listen. <laughs> Zathras. Zathras. Versus Zathras. Zathras. So what we're going to talk about today... <laughs> Is Babylon 5. Oh, well. Okay. And specifically about long-term storytelling mm-hmm. and how you can use characters that hold little bits and pieces mm-hmm. and become big character points mm-hmm. that make sense for a full long-term narration. Yeah. So Babylon 5. It sounds like it's hard to do. Well, I mean, it's... it's hard to do well. There you go. That makes uh, sense. That's fair. Um, so Babylon 5 is a five-season show that was written like it was four seasons. <laughs> For some inconspicuous reason. <laughs> For some reason, the thing says four, but there was five. We don't know how that happened. Um, but it's a very interesting show that takes place on a spaceship, well, space station, called Babylon 5, which, as a surprise to everyone... Is the fifth Babylon project? I would not, honestly, not gonna lie. I would not have guessed that. I thought it was like a sector or something. Like, didn't I didn't realize that was like a sequential thing like that? Yeah, no. So this was the fifth time that they made this station. Yes. The first three blew up. Oh. The fourth one. It's encouraging. Up and disappeared. Oh, that's very one, good. Yeah, the fourth one good. vanished. It was there. It was there. It was not there. And yes. then it showed up a couple of years later in a different part of space. That's fucking wild. That is a bad omen. I would stop calling it Babylon. From but that they point. then built Babylon Five, mm. and it worked. Mm. Mm. Mostly. Mm. It stayed in the same place. <laughs> With mostly. mostly, mostly intact. <laughs> I mean, it was only blown up once or twice throughout the entire thing. But you yeah. know, that sounds like. But that sounds part of the course, right? You're just respecting history at that point. Like, uh, sure, hope so. Nah. So, let's talk about some of the major characters that played minor roles to begin with mm-hmm. and kind of grew. Um, one of them was Zack. Okay. Um, it's a very space-agey <laughs> name. So, Zack was... Um, <laughs> yeah, very so, there's another character. His name is Garibaldi. He was huge the entire time. Originally ran security for the station. Mm-hmm. Later on, retired and put Zack into place. So Zach was his number two, and the first couple seasons you get to kind of meet him here and there, and it's always, Zach, go do this. And he's like, aye, aye, boss. Zach does not start out as the number two security man. He starts out a little bit of a bumbling idiot. He was the number two security man in my heart. (laughs) He was very endearing the whole time. But, like, show that he was was good and was able to, in the end, Mm -hmm. ran it. Saved um, the Babylons. Saved the Babylons. Good indeed. Yeah. Oh, good shit. And so, like, when it comes down to season three onward, three and a half onward, Zach really gets an opportunity to shine and gets a lot more of time. And you see that his character grew in this, mm-hmm. and his flaws that had been worked on through the first part of the season became strengths he was able to use oh, that's for his character. Well, it's also security guard, and I think that's like, well, I mean, the, from, from context clues, that's when shit gets real. So when, like, security, like, expert's supposed to be, like, doing his job to the maximum and beyond, you know what I mean? Like, that seems seems like a good place to see how the uh, iron fits the uh, mold. Is that a saying? It's probably not. 
Iron fits a mold. I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. We should trademark that. it. Don't trademark it. Let's don't see. don't don't give me mixed messages here, okay? Because like I'm very proud of that. Anyway, go on. Okay, write it down. No. Okay, you're gonna forget it. I mean, so it'll come up eventually, I'm sure. Um, another major a character that had a much larger role in dialogue, like being talked about, but you never really saw who he was. Mm-hmm. Was crap. I forgot his name. Uh, one of the first ones. In the vacuum suit. One of the, the first ones. The Vorlon? Vorlon, yeah. Kosh. Oshkosh McGosh? Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Oshkosh So, So Kosh is part of the race called Vorlons. Okay. And they are these ethereal energy beings. I that felt are... that in the force. That's exactly what they were going to be. Like the pylons from fucking Starcraft. But go on. They're, so they're, they're kind of, in the beginning, presented as this, like, older than time, older than dirt race. Mm-hmm. Here to guide and help us younger races like the humans along. Right. And one of the big things about them is no one's ever seen, like, their actual form. They mm. go around in these, like, spacesuit armor sort of things, breathing whatever atmosphere that they breathe back on their own home world. It's not our atmosphere. So it's some, like, nice elder gods kind of shit. Like these So are... they're referred to as the first ones. So technically That's man fuck. and the remainder part of that mm. are all what's the second race mm. third race they're, they're part of the third age that's right third age third age is man forgot about that the second age we don't talk about um but okay. so the vorlons and you really don't know much about him and we're gonna give away a little bit of the show but not enough that really ruins things is the second one angels and demons and shit like they got like mythos you got gods so well i guess the, some of the first the, ones are some of the first ones are part of the second age Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the first ones are part of the first age, and then humans technically were born in the second age, but came to power where we are right now is the third age. Mm. So the age where the humans and a bunch of the other races we'll talk about in a second kind of overpowered and took over, mm-hmm. that became the dawn of man or the age of man. So talk about what an age is. Kind of like the group of aliens or group of whatever race mm-hmm. that are. They're kind of dominating. They're what's influencing the main things that are happening. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just want clarification. That's fine. Yes, I appreciate Um, a bunch of fucking nerds. So you start as you get through. You start with this first age, and those are really, really ancient beings that are no longer around. Mm -hmm. The second age is the Vorlons and some of their compatriots. Mm -hmm. Most of which are not around. Most of Mm. which are no longer around either. And so kind of the passing of an age is a really old race going what they call beyond the rim. And it's beyond what we've explored of space where we don't really inhabit. Oh, shit. And so it's kind of like passing into the afterlife, more or less. Right. But like in space. But in space. Yep. Space afterlife. Is there a space heaven? Space hell? Do you space We'll get there. Really? There's a lot of all of that. So hold on. Well, we'll get get to part of what you said because that's a little bit later down the road. We're not there yet. Um, But the important thing to know is that of the second (laughs) age, (laughs) there is really only two major races that are around. Okay. The Vorlons and the Shadow. Mm, That's ominous. So the first season, they hint at them. The second season, we get to actually see the Shadow. Mm. The third season, we get to know more about them. And the fourth season... We find out what they want. Well, kind of technically the third season, we find out what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
then at the end we fight the shadow. Nice. So we'll. But the important thing to know here is that even though the Vorlons and the Shadow have been fighting each other, mm-hmm. neither one is good and neither one is evil. The implication that, that that was being led right now is that they the first ones were like 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 basically like Greek and like fucking Viking gods and shit like that, and the Shadow were basically like. Well, I guess like demons, like space demons, like elder no, horrors no. or some shit like that. No. But that was the implication that I perceived when you okay. first started talking about so, that. I appreciate the elaboration. The show actually starts with that implication. Mm, and yes. that's how they oh. presented it in the beginning. Yeah. And as you go through the season, you learn there's not really a good guy versus bad guy sort of dynamic. Right. Everyone has their pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And it's really these two big races fighting. We're kind of caught up in the middle. We get the backlash. This isn't very fun for us anymore. There's right, yeah. there's a big point that we're kind of kind of skipped to, where you get to see this big shadow versus the Vorlon stand down, and you get to see what the characters mostly being human. Uh-huh. Some of them are others. So we haven't got to the other races. We'll quickly catch up on those. Mm. Um, and they get to make a choice at that point mm. of are they going? What are they going to do? Yeah, whatever um, you want, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, a, and it's a really big point in the show mm-hmm. that really shows what they've been building to. Yeah. And this is stuff that's been hinted back from like the first season. We're talking about middle of third season, starting the fourth. Right. You could kind of think of like the Vorlons and the Shadows as have two different parenting philosophies and kind of life philosophies. Right. That don't always mesh. They're kind yeah. of head-to-head in what their philosophies are on like... How do you help the younger races become the best they can be? So how this you... is more like a culture war than like yeah. a, yeah. Like a Yeah, I mean, so yeah. going off of specifically how they can get better, the shadows see it as um, n- other races should become subservient to them. Okay. Well, and then by doing that, they can then gain the power of the shadow. The Vorlons, I'm, the, what the shadow has, technology and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 gotcha, um, gotcha, That's what I meant by the power of the shadow. They're... Definitely felt um, some cheese shit going on. <laughs> I, I saw your eyes, and I'm like, no, that's not what yeah. we're talking about here. Um, the other thing that it, um, you go is that the Vorlons are much more of what we're going to do is we're going to drop little breadcrumbs along the way and see if they can breaks. find the road that we're trying to show them. And gotcha. hella cryptic along the way. Oh, yeah, that's the, really useful. That's why I was like, breadcrumbs? Yeah. Right. I guess it's more accurate, like, they're dropping breadcrumbs out of the t- out of a plane. And they're like, hopefully they can follow this. <laughs> right. And then, and then when you guys. bring it, you have to fucking like, yo, code break it or some shit. No, no, no. It's like the wind blows it everywhere. And they're like, I don't get it why they don't can't find right. the path. Hey, hey, you left it. I didn't know you can find it. It's all gibberish and shit. Yeah, that's fair. You may not be ready if you can't find our path. Yeah. Not smart enough yet, Ooh. apparently. Right. That, that was one thing where um, even though the people who were on Babylon 5 and Kosh, you know, became friendly... Mm-hmm. And friends, that was a complaint that was made later on, which is basically you've never told us the full truth. Mm. You've always hidden something from us that we have to go find for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And instead of coming out and saying, this is what you want, this is the point of all of this, yeah. you've just kind of strung us along and never really told us what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And the underlying thing there is you never gave us a choice. Mm. You're guiding our evolution right now. We would like to make the choices and where we go. Right. And you're not giving us the full information to make that educated choice. Right. So, yeah. So, to move on to another part of this show mm-hmm. is the role Babylon 5 played in the entire series. The station itself was a huge character. Mm-hmm. So, if you take the first two seasons, 
Babylon 5 is completely allied with Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it is owned by Earth. It's it is, is a colony of it's Earth. It's a colony of Earth. Mm-hmm. It's a neutral colony, technically. Mm-hmm. So no one technically claims it. Yeah. But Earth pays for everything. And right. it's, think, of, think of it more like the UN. Yeah. Where technically it's inside the U.S., mm-hmm. but the U.S. doesn't own the U.N., it just it helps yeah. establish the, the... It's a neutral space while things are in session. It's donated by, and then everyone else serves yes. like community. It's the entire thing of, technically, if you are a UN ambassador, mm-hmm. you don't need a visa to enter the U.S. to go to the U.N. if you are a gotcha. leader. That makes sense. Um, you're given a, a visa if you ask because you have that but you're technically not required mm-hmm. because you're going to a neutral place and the only way to get there is through the U.S. Hmm. Um, there's a bunch of really weird laws and stuff that muddle everything. But it's, it's simpler than that. Um, it, so in order to get there, they have stargates. I know I say stargates, they're but they're, they're jump, jump gates. They're, they're jumping. Jump, jump points, jump gates, they are not stargates. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I was going to try to sneak I that in there. Maybe I give you my stargate rant at a later time. Oh, yeah. No, I'm down with that shit. I actually did watch Stargate SG-1. I didn't see the whole thing, but I did like it a lot. Uh, like, did you like, get Beyond Season 1? I have no fucking idea. If you're going to start watching Stargate, random um, watch Season 2 for a bit and then come back to Season 1. Oh, for, like, references and shit? It's, it's like most shows. They take the first season to find their feet. Ah. So that yeah. also, between Season 1 and Season 2, it moved to a different station. Mm. And there was different creative control given. Mm. Yeah. And so when you see Season 2... The individual actors have a little bit more say in their roles hmm. um, versus season one. Yeah, and the show kind of goes in a little bit different feel. Yeah. Stargate's known for being super campy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see that. Season one started out HBO hmm. trying to go a little bit more of like the Game of Thrones sort of feel. Right, in space. In space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. They moved to a different company sci-fi. that gave them a move sci-fi gave yeah. them a little bit more contri- that's the one freedom. i saw on it was and sci-fi the show really takes its own yeah, yeah. because yeah. they go well this is what we want to be yeah. um but going down the role of of babylon 5 it's just that it's a station out in the middle of nowhere it's about as far out as you can go as part of an earth colony um it's a huge transportation hub mm-hmm. and a good chunk of this of the show is daily life Mm. So there's a lot of it is you see a lot more of like what the people who are running the station doing. Yeah. But there's a lot of time they give to just shots of the average person shopping, the average person going to this place. Mm-hmm. Conversations between, between two people, people of different races. Mm. Yeah. And in the background you see on like a lot of times you'll see a TV in the background and it's some form of news about something that's going on somewhere else. So it's like subliminal uh, or like secondary storytelling. Yeah. Like yeah. context clues and shit. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Like the whole purpose of Babylon 5 in the universe as the station was created was to be a home for commerce and diplomacy. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of races could come to this neutral territory. They can trade. They can make alliances. Yeah. Um, and they also have like um, Earth tends to act as a mediator between two different races, so they have some sort of third party to help them make agreements and kind of settle mm-hmm. disputes. Because Earth is the one that's providing the station. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But as soon as you hit start of Season 3, a little way into Season 3, stuff back on Earth makes Babylon 5 reconsider its position. Yeah. And then they try to become an independent colony. 
Okay. Um, and then later on, they wage war on Earth. Okay, mm. technically war on Mars first, mm. then war on Earth. So they have, well, I guess it makes sense. They have, like, space stations and shit on, like, Mars. Yeah, Mars is another on. colony. Mars has been trying to become an independent colony for life. Oh, it's just and like so uh, Red Faction. liberate Mars. Yeah, Red Faction. That's Red Faction. It's just really? like, um, what's the one with... Uh... Red Faction. It's just like Red Faction. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just going to say it over and over again until you fucking agree with me. <laughs> I don't know what Red Faction is. It's a video game where you're trying to take liberate Mars. Okay, that's more context. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was going to make a movie reference no that, that stars yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Where, mm. um, I forgot it. Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah, there there we go. That's similar there. Where, like, they want to be separate, but there is a large organization that controls Shadow a lot. Um, mm. The other thing that... Uh, so, that's the... The space station itself ages in that way. Right. And after the war gets over, season five, it goes back much more to trying to be what it was in season one. But because of everything that's happened, it can't. And so there's all these different struggles trying to first prove that it's completely neutral, mm-hmm. prove that it doesn't have an agenda, mm-hmm. um, fix all the damage done from the wars mm-hmm. so they actually have space. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one episode where they literally have a trade union issue, and that's the entire episode where they won't work and they won't empty containers and other containers can't go. And so there's hundreds of spaceships sitting outside Babylon 5 trying to find a place to port and drop off their supplies so they don't go bad. So everyone working on the docks that, like, bring ships in and move ships out, they're working in these terrible conditions with all of their instruments that are that have been cut corners on, so they, they're crappy, they break. You also remember that they stopped working with, with Earth, so they quit getting supplies sent to them for multiple yeah. years. And so all their, yeah. they didn't have replacement pieces other than once they ran out of their stockpile. They couldn't just order a new piece from Earth because they're at war with Earth. Fascinating. And so it also goes in like those little things that most shows. So it's don't like a slow about. burn until everything goes to hell. It's like, or it's like a, we well, like a slice it, we of life. We haven't been to hell yet. It's a show a sli- so it's a little bit of a slice of life in the mm. beginning seasons, trying to kind of build, show you what this world is, show you all of the different um, characters. And all of the different races. Because mm. what's really important later on mm. is that it's not just Earth trying to fight the Vorlon Shadow War thing. Right. It's all of the other races tra- are also caught up in this war, pulled to one side or the other. And mm. it's everyone trying to kind of stand on their own against these guys. And so it's really important for the beginning to set you up on just how- these are what these races are. These are the ones that are more technologically advanced. These are the ones that are not. These are the races that are in, like, this death war with each other that you cannot negotiate out of. Mm. Those sorts of things. So, hmm. um, yeah. on the station, there are five races that hold special spots on the council. So there's all the different races hold a spot um, on a lower council. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's five that hold the ones that are kind of like the big five races. Yeah. Being Earthling, like we already talked about, or human. Vorlon. And then you have um, the, gosh, it was uh, Lando so and the Lando, Lando, who's Centauri, Centauri, mm. you have um, Jakar, who's a Narn. Narn, and then you have the Mimbari. Yes, flown by all of those by Delana. So, yeah. so we'll get through. So okay, we'll describe them all. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's so, a movie set before all of this. Really? And, yeah, and the mm. movie is this race called the Mimbari. Mm. 
who are these technologically advanced race that builds a whole bunch of really cool stuff. The way to describe them is they're bald-headed people with a kind of a bonish plate that wraps around part of their head. Hmm. Um, and their, their society is very much broken up into, they have castes. They have the workers who build all the things, they have the fighters who do all of the defense, and hmm. they have the religious people who do a lot of the cultural hmm. enrichment in their place. And it's like, you choose from a young age what caste you're going to be in, what you're going to grow up into, and that's hmm. what you do. And they're a very ordered society in that way. It's very difficult to switch castes. Right. So yeah. it's kind of what your parents are, and unless you show aptitude from a very a young age or something, thing. you're not going to cross class. Yeah. And, yeah. And so they're, they're a society cross-cast. all about honor. Yeah. These people will not lie. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just like... Mimbari do not lie. That so is just a given. They're like dwarves, like the stereotypical dwarf, like or like fantasy dwarf. Um, like, think much like, more of high elf. I was thinking dwarves from like Dragon Age and shit. So we might have a different context of what dwarves are. So no, go go on. No, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't mean to. Okay, but so no. they're they're this technologically advanced race that mm. is very ordered. Very much, we do this these ways, and we are always honorable. We always do the right thing. We are like we never stoop to be low, mm. and that's just kind of their race reputation. Yeah. Earth ended up in a war against them. It was a misunderstanding, cultural misunderstanding, mm. that Bummer. turned very bloody. Turned really bloody. Yeah. To the point where the Mimbari almost actually wiped out Earth as a planet. Wow. But for some reason, stopped. At the very end of their battle, yeah. right before they reached Earth, they just up and surrendered, stopped the whole war. Wow. Even though Earth was vastly outmatched, like we could not even find their ships on our scanners. Wow. Sort of vastly outmatched. Holy shit. We yeah. only could keep up with them with our small ships that had very light armament and very light shields. Wow. Our big heavy destroyers or mm-hmm. cruisers weren't fast enough. Wow. Couldn't even like hope to keep up. Mm-hmm. We yeah. didn't understand how to use the jump gates very well. Yeah. Um, and we consistently would get lost in the other place. I Basically, when you jump from one place to another, either you can travel normally or you can jump from one place to another, which puts you into this area that is time doesn't exactly move the same way. It's basically mm-hmm. hyperspace. It's basically okay. hyperspace. But it's basically it's an area where time doesn't move. Mm-hmm. And so you still travel from point to point, but it seems like you're going so much faster because of that loss in time. Mm. But because it's such a wide, vast area, mm. there's only a place, certain place where you can get in and out of it. Right. And so if you miss where you're going, i.e. lose what's called these hyper, hyperlink, sorry, hyperspace beacons, mm-hmm. you'll get lost. And we didn't have the technology to... Not get lost. Not get lost with mm. very many ships. Mm. Bummer. So that's, we're losing... That's, that's eight harsh learning curve yeah. to fucking... <laughs> so basically, yeah. it's, they're getting blown up and suddenly they stop. Mm. And there is a handful of ships out there mm-hmm. that are basically, if you think, super F-18 Hornets. Yeah. Only space style. Mm-hmm. Think think space X-Wings, one. but smushed in different directions. Okay. And one of the characters um, who will become a main character in the, in the storyline... Is one of the people out there who the Membari just leave out there. Mm-hmm. And they're very confused. Hmm. Continue. Sorry. So they're 
So, so that's the Mimbari. That's, <laughs> that's that race. Yeah. Yeah. The um, other race, another couple races, the Centauri. Mm-hmm. And they're the dudes that always have a bad hair day. Yeah. That race. Yeah, super bad. Think about like a peacock, like his hair going straight up, <laughs> like but only from peacock. about halfway of the head yeah. back. And mm-hmm. but the thing to know is that the larger the peacock feathers, the higher you are in society. Mm, if you are lower, you can't grow it out as far. Mm. Unless you're a woman, then you have a small ponytail on the back of your head. But are otherwise oh, that bald. Suggests yes. a lot. But yeah. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> I, I think it's a little more of the artistic look as opposed to the, the suggestions of control. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you actually, when you meet the Centauri women, they tend to be very controlling, brash, controlling, and stand up for themselves. They're okay. not a demure so, society. Yeah. Right, so sure. in most places, I don't need that the shit. woman runs the house, mm-hmm. but the man runs outside of the house. So, for example, the king and queen. The king is going to run the country, mm-hmm. but behind closed doors, the queen is going to tell the king what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. That's, that's okay. kind of how they work. That's their society. Right. Where the queen is much more like demure, sitting out there in public, as long as you don't aren't aggressive towards her. Mm-hmm. She's very kind and peaceful. Right. But in reality, she's the lion, and this is just the so one. So it's like the dagger and the sword. Like, they're just used yeah. for different yeah. purposes. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And so they're a sort of... They have a reputation for being a swindler society. <laughs> really? When we first meet them, they're like, oh, hey, we're cousins. Yeah. You should totally trust us in everything and also give us lots of money and goods. We'll trade with you, quote, unquote, fairly. Right. And so Earth, they're kind of the race that Earth had to learn, like, you don't trust everyone out in space because these guys are first and foremost right. out for their own pocketbook. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like, if greed was a race in this... It would be the Centauri. Yeah. Bummer. Um, All right. Centauri stuff is who you are. Mm-hmm. Stuff is who you are, and nothing else matters, because wow. stuff determines, um, what's the, your not only your reputation but who you are as like, ethically. Mm-hmm. Um, how really? you get stuff. Yes. Holy shit. That's that's fucking that's that's like hyper materialism. And then we're gonna talk about the Centauri's most hated race. Mm-hmm. The Narn. The Narn. So the, the Narn? The Narn. The Narn. Okay. The Narn. They call me Nar. They are... Reptilian looking? Yeah. Cool. They come from like a dust planet, pretty much. Unfortunate. Uh, but so the Narn and Centauri have been locked in this feud for thousands and thousands of generations. Mm-hmm. The Narn at one point overtook the Centauri race, Sick. the Centauri's like, homeworld. Mm-hmm. The Centauri broke free. They have now taken over the Narn homeworld. And they're kind of fighting back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so there's... Fighting is very generous on the side of the Narn right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. It is that the Centauri, as this thing starts, completely occupy the Narn's home planet. Wow. And everybody on Narn is in chains. Yeah. They wow. Very. Um, so Jakar is hmm. the main Narn, mm-hmm. and partway into the second or third season, he claims um, refuge. refuge on Babylon Five because things have gotten so bad that Centauri are calling for his head. Wow. Um, yeah. So they basically. The Centauri take over the Narn homeworld, say that everyone who is in leadership in the Narn homeworld is an enemy of the Centauri state and needs to be executed. Hmm. And so Jakar, as he is an ambassador to Babylon 5, fits this whole, like, in leadership of this country, or Mm -hmm. of of 
this people's. So they actually are like calling for his head where if he were to go home, they would literally kill him. Wow. So he ends up, he's, they're also very prideful people. Mm-hmm. So kind of one of his very early arcs is getting over his pride, requesting asylum and refuge on Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. figuring out how he can best help his people without wow. causing too many more problems. Right. Or fucking dying. Or dying. Um, because the, next, the Centauri oh. also, through this whole thing, make a law that, like, if one Narn kills one Centauri, we're going to kill a hundred Narn in retaliation. Wow! Holy shit! So, so the Centauri yeah. are kind of cunts, huh? Yeah. Um, right. So the Narn aren't elected. They're more mm. of a democracy. Yeah. Uh, the Centauri are a dictatorship. Yeah, that's that's becoming um, much more relevant. Uh, and under- Technically, they're a monarchy, but they're much more towards the dicta- dictatorial side of monarchies yeah. than more to an opener monarchy where I pass um, it on to yes. my prodigy. Yes. Yes. Um, the next big thing for uh, Jakar was he loses his eye at one point. Is that is it like is it supposed to sound like it's Jafar? Like is it supposed to sound almost like Jafar? Like is he like Jafar esque? No, no, it's okay. just Jakar sounds like an alien name. That's yep. probably okay. what it is. Um, and Jakar has to struggle with whether or not he can even represent his people anymore wow. because he's not whole. Um, he gets a cybernetic cybernetic uh, cybernetic eye implanted, oh. and then goes on a huge like crying period for a while in mourning because his eye colors no longer match. Wow! And he finally tells the doctor about this. The doctor's like, "Oh, I can change it to red." Like. <laughs> He's just like, oh, <laughs> well, um, but I mean, it's like the whole idea of like, you know, if you, it's like, it's like, it's like when, when, when fucking, uh, 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 Anakin fucking, you know, loses most of his fucking limbs and shit. Like he becomes less, like less of a person and more of a machine and like most, both metaphorically and like realistically, like it's, it's, it's sort of like the idea of like the more machine you are, the less of a person you are. Like, like, I mean, like, I, I would understand, does he still have that, like, is it because it's a cybernetic implant? Or it's, is it... Well, it goes back it, to his pride. Yeah. So somebody right. wounded him, in, no, it's not even that, it's just the fact that he took a wound in battle. Oh, okay. And Never that mind. it makes him a disgrace to his culture. Well, that's also pretty fucking... Wound, yeah. So you can mm. still, he still has a scar. Right. And the eye, and later on the cybernetic eye goes away, he ends up wearing an eye patch over, or a patch over his face, mm. and... Um, it took him a while to accept it as he is still, the, you know, can still be a leader of his people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those are the main five races. Yes. Okay. The, other, the other races don't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all races matter. To, you like, learn a lot about the day-to-day of different races. Right. But through this entire series, they just don't have the ship power to really be in battle with. Yeah. Also, race. it's really hard to write compelling stories when you have more than about six different. Art, you know, we have yeah. seven main no, races that fair. are all into this right. big mm-hmm. thing. Because there's yeah. other, a lot of other races are just considered allies of X race, mm-hmm. and so they're lumped in with the same time they be talking about that. Um, so, the next really important character is so Lando is there, and due to the screw-ups of his nephew, mm-hmm. it's his nephew, right? Veer. Veer. No, Veer is... I always thought he was his nephew. He's not. Okay. Veer is the <laughs> son of another, basically, nobleman in the Centauri society. I thought it was, like, his wife's brother's son. Or it one of his well wife's brother's be. sons. 
Yeah, he has, Londo has a bunch of wives. Oh. Anyway, so Veer is kind of, he's a screw-up. He's basically a teddy bear, mm. has no real, like, greed or backbone in the beginning of this mm. show, and so he's just kind of like, he's a failure, and his family sent him off to Babylon 5 so that they didn't have to have him around. Bummer. Yeah. Because he was embarrassing them in the court. Yeah. And the hope was by putting him with Londo, who has all this prestige as being the main ambassador from mm. there, which... Turns into a fun story of itself where Londo isn't actually the main ambassador. Hmm. He's more of just gotten rid of because people are pissed at him. Yeah. <laughs> Londo, Londo also was considered to be a failure and a screw-up and got sent to Babylon 5 so he would no longer be in the court at home wow. and no longer mess things up. But wow. he did well away from home. And yeah. yeah. But so Veer starts off there. And this is another one of the characters where he gets little bits and pieces of showtime. It's always falling behind Londo, yeah. doing stuff. And in the end, he turns out to be one of the biggest characters at the final fifth hour, twelfth hour, tenth hour, eleventh hour. Eleventh hour. hour. Thank you. Um, and he plays a huge role in it. Mm. And you look at like his character progressions, and it's because of all the different interactions he had, he got to the point where him at the end being. Um, so he early on in the show, he consistently tells the story of I had this dream mm. where I was emperor. Hmm. And he's like, what does that mean? And Londo just like looks at him and laughs and goes, it means you have a great imagination. Mm. It means that you're just over your head. Right. Um, but in and then the, he becomes emperor of China. No. Well. Centauri Prime. Okay. Um, and it's all these different little steps along the way, all this long-term storytelling, mm. that when you get to the point of where he gets this thing that he's wanted, Mm. he's desired mm. you're like oh he finally gets there and you understand his reaction to mm. it wow yeah that's 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 a lot like okay so i'm gonna say this i've i'm not a huge sci-fi guy i like sci-fi i don't watch too much of it because like i don't know like something that has a long story it's just like it takes it, it, if i don't immediately become like enraptured by it I'll probably ignore it for a long time. Babylon 5 is one of those things, much like Firefly, Star Trek, obviously Star Wars until someone forcibly made me watch all the prequels and the modern movies before the new ones came out. Um, but, like, I've seen... So I've heard of stuff like this. I did not expect it to be so... I expected it to be more like, well, Star Wars, more action-packed, or even, like, I guess Firefly, which seems to be more action-packed. I did not expect it to be much more Star Trek, which I always considered, like... I mean, Star Trek, like, so, in the sense of, like, it, it being a, a, a showcasing of, like, simple things. Like, like it, it not just, not just like... I mean, complicated issues, sure, but, like, it's it's never just, like, Dark Emperor trying to take over the world or, or take over the universe or some <laughs> shit like that. Or, like, so it's not just to... <laughs> that, you know? So... Yeah. The thing about Babylon 5 was they were trying to land in a place that wasn't filled. And the place they realized was, what if we told a drama Mm -hmm. about cultures that are not ours Mm -hmm. in a way that we could focus on a single point Mm -hmm. and not be traveling around, not meeting the aliens, but having the aliens come to us? Mm -hmm. What if we were to tell stories about history and future and put them together? Mm Mm-hmm. So the two characters that kind of make the entire thing run is Sinclair and Sheridan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Originally, Sheridan... Sinclair. Sheridan, um, both of them run Babylon 5. Mm. I'm going to say this backwards, I know. Sinclair does Season 1 and a little bit of Season 2 before he gets sent off. And Sheridan, who I mentioned earlier, was one of the people that was in the fighter pilot thing jig that's mm. out there. I forget exactly what they're called at the end of the war. Mm. And these are the two guys who get put in charge of running the space station. The X-Fighters. X- yeah, well, they're, they're, they're X-Fighter, they're, X-Wings. They're, X-Wings. Yeah, but yeah. they're like boxy. They're, like, they're very distinct. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you start off with Sinclair. Sinclair is a much more open person yeah. to not only things coming in, but things going out. Mm. He's not as heavy-handed. He doesn't come from as much of a military background. Mm. He's much more of a diplomat. Um, not as suave as Patrick Stewart's character, Jean-Luc Picard. Right. Um, think much more of like a Cisco, where the the singer. No, the I've, captain of Babylon. Sorry, of uh, Deep Space Nine. Right. Yeah. That of course the one that I've watched extensively and know a, very much a lot about. Yes. Okay. Um, sure. I don't know what you've seen DS9 completely. DS9 is the Star Trek. Space station. Yeah, the one, the one with the cyborg. No, that's Voyager. Okay, all right. See, I know a lot about my Star Trek, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I got. Uh, yeah. No, I, I figured that was more of a reference to people who actually know that. Or. No. Um, what? I forgot. Will. Never mind. We have uh, fucking listeners. I don't know how many actually watch Star Trek, all of fucking Star Trek, but continue. <laughs> so that's so yeah. they get the opportunity to. Kind of set the thing. And so normally when you have somebody who leaves, um, they're gone from the series forever. And, yeah. like, that's yeah. normally when you take a main character and send them off. Right. Like, it's, you know, send them back home to Earth or wherever he goes. Um, they're like, okay, well, in rea- you know, in the world, he's written off, this, off there and we never see him again. Except for maybe one or two episodes where we have flashbacks or he comes back as a special guest star. Mm-hmm. Instead... They did something interesting with him, mm-hmm. uh, being Sinclair, and they sent him to, I want to say Bjorn, but I know that's wrong. Mimbar. Mimbar. Yeah. Sent to the Mimbari homeworld. Mimbari. Okay. Homeworld. As Mimbari. an ambassador there, because they specifically requested him. I wonder and why. they had hmm. never requested a human to come be on their planet before, so this is a great honor. Interesting. And they're like, hmm, this is weird. I wonder why this is going on. He's... Uh, then we got to talk a little bit about Babylon 4. Suddenly, Sinclair comes back to Babylon 5. Well, we're a lot of things are going on. We're going to skip ahead. Um, he comes back to Babylon 5. and He's, he's like, a robot in disguise. No. no. Damn. Okay. A lo- um, there's these things going on where, um, at the same time, Sheridan and Delenn mm-hmm. are starting to fall in love. Delenn but, being the ambassador oh, for Mimbari. Oh, okay. And this so, is, humans in Mimbari... Don't really like each other. They've in general. very recently gone through this big bloody war. Right, right. That's the that's the that's, uh, the caste general. Yes. The, the yes. Gotcha, Mimbari gotcha, is gotcha. the caste sort of society. Yeah. So now a human and a Mimbari are starting to fall in love. And like a high like high members of both yep. societies. Yes. And this is a big no no. Well, yeah. And so Delenn is trying to figure out. Oh, that's beautiful. Um. How she can do this. And she remembers that her former mentor, um, who was with her during the war, who ended up dying because of an attack, told her something. 
Mm. She can't remember what it is. Mm. But told her something about the humans. Mm. Something that he had known. Something that he had kept as a secret. Yeah. Have you found what you're looking for? I was looking at a picture of the Mimbaris because I know you gave me a description of them, but man. Yeah. Damn, they look like vampires. A little bit. Yeah. That's space. space Very pale. Yeah. Very bony. Very, very, I mean, they got that angular look that looks like they're looking for a jugular, you know what I mean? Like, that's (laughs) that's like straight up murder. Those are murder eyes right there. And so Sinclair comes back, Mm -hmm. gets a couple friends, grabs Zathras. Aw, Zathras. Don't but worry. Not but not Zathras. <laughs> yes. We'll get to that in a second. Because right. um, that's a really cool part of this show. And um, and they go off to a pl- go off to Babel go off to a spot. And Babylon Four suddenly appears. Yeah. The space station that disappeared. Oh right. Yeah. Right. And they happen to show up in this one spot where there's nothing out there. Space station appears. Is anyone on? They get they get onto it and it disappears. The fuck? Is that ever explained, or is it just like a... Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, it, I'm not going to explain because it it's right, a huge like, plot point. It becomes an integral part of the story. Really? It leads to... Interesting. And you see why, like, humans built five Babylon stations, and it was really, really important to be, that it, humans actually built all five stations. Yep. Like, we would not really? have won the war against the shadows if humans had not done that. Specifically five? Specifically five. Hmm. Is it the space? Is it those like that location in specifically that well, location? Well, if we told you that, then that well, okay, ruin, I'm sorry. Ruin you another, know what? You know another big fair. piece of the story that is told through the four, through the five seasons. Mm. Um. So back to Zathras. Mm. So Sheridan goes off Zathras? with Zathras, and Zathras goes away. Mm. They then go on. So Babylon Five is seen out in space, kind of around this planet. Yeah. Um. It's not really a planet. It's just a big like moon. Yeah. But it's not exactly. And on there is a great machine. Mm. What the machine does is whatever the writers needed to do at the time. Fair enough. Is that a fair description of the machine? Yes, X machine. So there is the creator of the machine, Mm. who we don't really ever meet. We kind of do. No, we meet a caretaker. Uh, We meet the caretaker. We don't meet the the creator of the machine. We Mm. see a kind of like a darkened silhouette at one point off Mm. in the corner, like... Supposedly, he's a very much a recluse, and also he's very, very, very old. Mm, and basically, him going anywhere caused him to l- break concentration because he's controlling the machine. Mm-hmm. As well as making sure the machine doesn't just blow up. Cool. Not that the machine blows up ever. But if it did, it would blow up Babylon 5. Yes. <laughs> for uh, just, just for reference. Just, just, just for reference that, like, there. And so the caretakers of it are 10 identical brothers that are clones of each other but not really that were born but kind of cloned they kind of don't give a direct answer they really kind of they, they kind of say both and that's Willy Wonka no yes so that's when we get to Zathras mm. now all ten are named are spelled as Zathras mm-hmm. but each name is pronounced slightly differently very slightly. <laughs> you could say unnoticeably different. Yeah, that's, but, that's... but everyone knows each of the ten's individual names. Mm. And we'll... Wow. Zathras. Yeah. He is. 
and they will get they will get on you if you call them the wrong name. Oh, yes. Really? They will. Because they I am exactly Zathras, like, is there, not Zathras. Is there any like physical no. difference? No. Okay. They look the That's same. A dick move on they their wear part. the same They're clothes. That shit. You only see one at a time. It's the same actor that plays it every time. Well, yeah, yeah. You yeah. only see one of them at, at any given time. Yes. Yeah. Do they tell you at first like I'm Zathiris? No. What? See, that's well, just asking does. for it. He introduces himself. I'm Zathras. There's oh, that's ten true. of us. Well, yes, they, they tell you that at the beginning. And like my brother. But they go visit Zathras. them multiple times, and they always meet a different Zathras. clone. Gotcha. Yeah. And so they run into a clone. They're like, oh, I know you. I met you. And then she's like, no. <laughs> I could have sworn I met you before. Because this is one of the characters who, I didn't, who wasn't told the backstory about this. This is explained mm. to, the, to them, but not directly to her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you mean my brother, Zathras. And she's like, <laughs> well, aren't you Zathras? Like, no, no, no. I'm Zathras. And she's like, Zathras? Like, no, no, no. Listen, listen. Zathras? Mm-hmm. Zathras? Zathras. That's Hear the difference? <laughs> That's gonna end in someone being fucking murdered at a rate. There's that's 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 it's asking for like a straight up assault. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's so, that is pretty good though. Oh it's priceless. Because yeah. like it's very clear, very concise. I feel like I've heard that point. joke in some I've told you that. that joke many times. No, I'm I am i am not I'm not saying like from <laughs> shut up. I'm talking about like in other pieces of medium. Like like I feel like I've heard si- oh, at the very least similar jokes. Probably. I, don't know. I mean it's probably isn't the first time they've it's done it. It's a good joke. It's I mean, a solid joke. It goes though. back to um the Bob Newhart show when you had my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. Yeah. Daryl, Daryl, me Daryl. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, Zathras is, on, on is a recurring character, always has small little cameo bits, mm-hmm. but they're always important and it really shines what exactly more information is to you. And that's yeah. the other kind of cool part about it is that it doesn't just dump once or we're going to dump just because we have to. Right. It's we're going to give you information mm. and it's going to sound very odd. But, but later on, we'll, t- we'll tie it back in. Yeah. Uh, That's good. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, because it'll even be like... In the beginning, they do episodic. It's Adventure of the Week. Right. But Adventure of the Week, mm. later on in Season 3, actually ties back to a connected set of events. Uh, yeah. So it's like, it's, like, it's like puzzle building. Like, you're, you're setting out pieces for the overall picture. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's... It's yeah. like, um, they do some stuff so that they don't have to pay as much money for a certain good coming in. Yeah. And this has an impact back at home where, because they cut money here, they then cut money to this thing that mm-hmm. then either fails or isn't as good or gets... Um, so there. it's like a it's like a choose your own adventure game where like everything has consequences. Yep. Like mm-hmm. that's that's pretty and fucking it's pretty fucking cool. I gotta say that's, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Huh. Again, I, I think Babylon Five is a great show. It sounds it's, like it. Well, it's the first one to do this whole seasons long story. See, that, right. That's the other that's, thing. That's the whole thing is like this is very new. Like right before Lost even. Yeah. Of the whole like seri- series seasons long. Yeah. Sort of story to kind of get to the end and be like, okay, that's what you were talking about way back when. Yeah. And, and now everything makes you know, sense. Right. And they, but more importantly, they didn't like play it up that way. They didn't tell you it was gonna be doing that. They just like a lot let of it, other ones like happen. you know even if you take like take Lost, it's very clear they're like I wonder what this is going to be later on. Right. In Babylon mm-hmm. Five, it's here's some information. You know, I'm passing you in the corridor and I'm gonna you look up and there's something going on on the TV. Right. And it's 
you don't hear it, but you can see it in frame. Right. And so it's really cool to go back through and like read those TVs. So it's definitely a, a one of those things where you have to watch like, or it's worth watching twice yes. all the yes. way through. Yeah. Yes, you get well, more the second time. <laughs> we'll right. talk about how many times we've seen it later. Um, I mean. So you made a comment early on. I think I should get back to you because I don't know how much more time we're going to have on this part. Yeah. But you asked about you know going to heaven and hell. Yes. So we're going to talk. So I brought up um, Sinclair in Sheridan because Sinclair takes um, a trip with Babylon 4 that impacts everything. Mm-hmm. Sheridan, on the other hand, goes to a place that is hell. Mm-hmm. It is called Zaha Doom. Oh, that's... At least in, in English. In, in, oh. in their own that. native language, it's 60 characters long and unpronounced. Nah. Uh, in Mumbari, it's Zahadum. There is no direct English translation. The closest one is hell. Cool. Um, <laughs> just, just so we can Fair go through, it, there's three languages I'll tie in that um, conversation. Yeah. And right. back to how I made earlier that um, Veer had a dream come to him. When it comes to Sheridan, he had a dream yeah. where he was told... He was gonna die on Zahadum. Wait, no, no. Vorlons told him he was gonna die on Zahadum. Is that accurate? Yeah. Um, if you go to Zahadum, you will die. die. Bummer. However, by him going to Zahadum, because he goes, that cr- that creates this huge, big moment that makes everything else happen. Ripple effect. Yeah. And if he doesn't go to Zahadum, mm. then this doesn't happen, and this doesn't happen. And there is no big fight against the shadows. Yeah. And there is no resolution to all of this. Yeah. And so it's these type of things where even though it's a season later, even though you have these consequences to actions, mm-hmm. even though Sheridan's gone for multiple episodes mm-hmm. and nobody knows where he is. Yeah. There. Wow. So that's going to end the like story time about Babylon 5. I gotta and we're going to quickly jump in first. Oh, wait, go ahead. Ask your questions. No, I gotta say, I'm quite surprised that shit came out in 1994. Like, that's yeah. that's yes. way older than I fucking expected. Like, I expected, like, early 2000s, like... The maybe. CG says early yeah. 90s. Yeah, yeah. well, it, yeah. It looks early 90s. It's a little bit cheesy. Yeah. But when you get into the storytelling and how much time went into it, and the fact that season one was definitely written with season... Th- Three and four in mind. Mm. It is that's what's interesting. It's, like that's it's that all of these things were written out at the very beginning. Yeah. Where the writer knew exactly where he wanted his story to that's go the entire wild. time. Yeah. And was able to drop those hints along the way and connect them together. Right. So. And that is the legacy of Babylon Five. Damn. Not how it that's looks. A, yeah. But the entire storytelling aspect. Yeah. Damn. That has been then taken and improved upon right. in other different ways by other different shows. That sounds really funny. Yeah. And so I know yeah. right now we're talking about this as a drama. Right. It's, it's not a drama. Like, mm-hmm. it probably, if you looked at Babylon 5, it might be marked off as a drama. Yeah. I don't I just know. Sci-fi. Oh, it's going to be a sci-fi, but I don't know if it's considered a sci-fi drama. Yeah, um, it just says sci-fi. Well, that's good. Um, it has, a every episode has a bunch of parts that are, you know, drama, procedural inf- stuff to get mm-hmm. through resolutions or bills through their Senate. Or through like the committee, but you know day to day life, mm-hmm. but also has some really good like comedy thrown in. Hmm. And there's a lot of different things like we talked about the Zathras as a joke. Yeah. But there's a lot of different characters that are there as comic relief. Hmm. So we're gonna hit on a couple of them on the way out of here. Some of the best little bits that are in there. 
And we got to start off with um, the trip to Mars. Because mm. how can you go anywhere other than um, having... I just lost the name. Um, our white... Help me out here. You talking about Marcus? Yes. He's a white... So he's a ranger. He's a ranger. That's right. So... Kind of backstory. I was gonna say white star. I was thinking the ships. White star yeah. is the ships. So okay, backstory. The Mimbari. Mm. The reason that they dropped the war mm. is like they knew information, mm. so they dropped the war back with Earth. Mm. That information then led them to create this group of people called the Rangers, mm. which are their like spy stealth sort of fighting force mm. to help aid in the goal of going through with this information that they gathered. Mm. And We're so not going to tell you the information because that Marcus will... is a is one of these rangers. They mm. like train for forever. They got fighting skills. They got tactical skills. Yeah, they're they're, they're super super. They soldiers. speak Mimbari. They speak a bunch of different languages. Yeah. And they're that there. Is fucking ambiance <laughs> right there. <laughs> that we'll was do that later. So soothing for my brain. Please continue. These rangers, there are foot soldiers who have this idea that I'm going to do everything to help the cause, mm. up to and including give my life to the yep. cause. Wow. Actually, is... starting with giving my life, and if that's not on the table, then we'll do other things. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair um, enough. No, no, no. Also, no. Um, the Rangers are one of the are the only non-Mimbari members of the Warrior cast. Okay, mm. that's not completely... Yeah, that's completely true. That fly ships. Mm. That fly the yeah. Mimbari White Star, which is one of the... Most powerful ships in the context of its size compared to what it does. Mm. And so there's a trip with him and the doctor. Mm -hmm. Stephen Franklin. Yes. Dr. Franklin. Dr. Franklin. And they are on this trip from Babylon 5 to um, Mars, and it's a week's long journey. Bummer. And you have this very straight-laced doctor Mm -hmm. with this guy who, lovable buffoon, wouldn't even start to... Describe him. Hmm. I don't have vernacular for the Marcus ranger, Marcus. <laughs> really likes Renaissance England. Kind of, he's like a Renaissance guy, and he really likes like British history. Yep. And you okay. kind of throw that together, and that's what he really likes to talk about, mm-hmm. particularly in these times where he's stuck with two weeks with the same person. Mm-hmm. And now to make this trip, they aren't technically allowed mm-hmm. to just take a transport ship from A to B. Yeah. They have to go, like, in unmarked cargo ships as mm. secret passengers and kind of bribe their way through. Right, because they're like, it's like a secret mission. Well, because this is one of the points when Babylon 5 has declared war on Earth. Yeah, I said that earlier. I think you missed I, it. I know, I, I heard they separated from Earth and become their own nation. Yes. And then subsequently have to declare war and on Earth because, war. Of bad. because of the dictatorship that... Gotcha, okay. Yeah. That, makes, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so there's a period where, like, he's trying to talk back and forth, and Dr. Franklin just wants to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Seeing his bed, seeing with his and shit, shut the fuck up, please. So seeing up. this, he looks him in the eyes, and he's yeah. like... Okay, and starts singing, I'm a model of a modern major general. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's an old song. Really? Modern major general song. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't, I don't I'm, think I'm it. not going to sing well, it for you. You can look oh, it. Oh, I was, I was, we'll, I was we'll play, a full... We'll play, for, we'll play it later. Yeah, um, it's actually in Bioshock. Yeah. Or Mass Effect. Mass Effect, my bad. It's in Mass it's, Effect. It's an Easter egg you can find in Mass Effect. Oh. Um, 
Shit, it's been a long time. I've definitely so that happens, and then we get introduced to a character called Captain Jack. Oh shit! Come on, Bones, we're Jack. Come on, Bones, So so DJ, never mind. Get, we're not talking about um the Eastern European dance craze, <laughs> discount Eurodance. No, um, a character that's very similar to Captain Jack Sparrow. Really? Yeah. Weird. Um, and so he brings in there, and that leads to um, basically running out of options of things to do after they talk to him, that they play I Spy. Mm-hmm. Would you like? And so so they're playing I Spy, <laughs> and this is probably the, like, 25th time that they've played I Spy. They're just trying to kill time right now. Oh, More right. importantly, they're in a cargo bay. They're in a cargo bay. <laughs> and in the cargo bay is themselves. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and something that starts with the letter B. Yeah. <laughs> you, would you like to take a guess? What might I, be in a cargo I, bay? I would assume boxes? Indeed. Indeed. Ah, well, let's yes. continue the game because we're not done yet. So, <laughs> so, so then it's like, okay, I'm thinking of something that starts with the letter M. Mm-hmm. What do you think that would be? Mm, fuck, mouse? No. no, space mice. No, with an S, there's only one item in this entire room. We're still only with the boxes. Would you like a hint? Sure. Well, well think about if there was more boxes. <laughs> fair enough. All right. Yeah, and that's fair. And then you go into okay. The letter is now E. Mm-hmm. And they look at each other <laughs> and they're like. Even, Even more, more boxes. boxes. Gotcha. I was gonna say especially more boxes, but that <laughs> but didn't that same, didn't that didn't that didn't come out. Same too. sort of feeling yeah. to it. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, yeah. It, it's those type of moments where you're just sitting there and you're just rolling your eyes. Um, yeah. And then further on, as Marcus and Stephen are talking, Stephen, the doctor, is trying to get some sleep. Mm-hmm. Marcus starts singing. He looks at Marcus and seems like, "And this, Your Honor, is when I killed him." <laughs> Yep. It's just, it's, it's, that's pretty good. I like that. Um, yeah, that's a good cutaway. I, I feel like the other thing we have to... So, mm-hmm. when they break away from Earth, one of the reasons why they break away is that Earth is very heavily propagating all the information that they are getting. Propagandizing. Yeah, propagandizing. Sorry, wrong pro- conjugation of it. Yeah. So, they set up their own news network that's supposed to be accurate. Unbiased, though, unbiased. Agenda. we're just going to yeah. tell you what happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And they do, and that's what they do for a while. They turn their ready room basically into their newsroom. Um, and it leads to two of the more funny situations. One of them is that basically the White Stars are these really super advanced ships. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to get some information through, mm-hmm. um, but people are against it. Mm-hmm. So um, at this point in time, we have Sheridan behind the behind there, and he goes, "What if we send some white stars out to this place that has asteroids, and have them just shoot the asteroids?" Hmm. And they're like, "Okay." He's like, "Just go out there and shoot the asteroids." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Okay, fine." So they fly out three ships out there, shoot the asteroids, bring the three ships back, hmm. and they don't address it, but they're scuttlebutt going around. This is a bunch of bullshit. No, basically, well, like... So, so we think, told you, like, that Babylon 5 has the five main races and a whole bunch of allied races. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get the allied races on board with our plan that, like, the shadows are a threat. Yes. Yeah. 
I didn't so, want to give all that information away, but that's yeah. Okay. And it, so it, basically, that well, yes, that, that, that's a good point. So they and, all see these white stars, all of these really fancy super-powered ships, mm-hmm. go somewhere and blow things up. Mm-hmm. So they, they find out about this information. The they just know that the white stars went there, mm-hmm. and that when they went to check it out, there's a bunch of rubble. There's a bunch of asteroid rock hanging. Oh, out. okay. That's all they know. So and so, and okay. so then it turns into a, like a. They have the ability to cloak, because we can't find them. Huh. Isn't must, that terrifying? Must be an invisible enemy. Right. Oh, oh! So it's just like it's just like subversion and. And so they they like join sub- on. To flip that around, um, and we'll end it here. Uh, the person who gives the news is Ivanova. She is mm-hmm. the number two that runs the station. Later on, will run the station herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gets a direct order. It's like, okay, when you're doing your um, speech, when you're giving your news today. Please throw in that in section 37, 44, 22, nothing happened. Yeah. And she starts looking through her notes. She goes, sir, nothing did happen. And he goes, that's correct. I just want you to, to tell people that nothing happened. Wow. In there. And she's like, why? She's like, well, just let them know that nothing happened. Gotcha. And so she gives her entire thing, gets to the end of it, looks up, and he's standing there across the room kind of looking at her. Mm-hmm. And she goes back down to her nose. She goes, okay. Fine. And for those who have been asking, <laughs> section yeah. 27, 30, 42, whatever it is, nothing happened there today. Mm. And ends the entire thing. That's Which, just like such, that's such a fucking <laughs> ominous note to like. That's genius, though. If you're trying to like get people to think that like some shit happened, you know, that's okay. See, I like see see you're, you you guys have gotten me on to like I kind of want to see this shit now because I want to see how smart this shit is because it sounds like it sounds very clever and how it like it propagate tells its story you know what I mean yeah. and how it like it goes through like the entire thing and then like it sounds fucking epic as shit too because I mean like yep. you're talking about, talking about like entire like like it's it's Mass Effect on so, TV. I, I will say one more thing I think it's kind of really cool to end on is that through the entire thing. Um, the Centauri and Norn have not gone, gotten along at all. Mm-hmm. And the two people who like directly show that is Londo and Jakar. Mm-hmm. And in the end of it all, they die in each other's arms. Bummer. Wow. Bummer. It's not a bummer. It's, no, that's they, sad. It, it shows <laughs> like how far they both have gone in life. It shows yeah. that even all these animosities, in the end, they would come back together and... For like the really the first time in the entire series, mm. the two of them are what each other would call friends. Wow. Or as close to a friend as either of them probably ever have had. Yes. Mm. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh, that's, so like. That's sad. Nah. It's not sad. It's good. Wait, shut the fuck it's, up and let me feel my sorrow. Okay. There's there's some melancholy there. Right. No. It's fair. No. It's it's no. It's I I understand. It's it like bittersweet kind of thing like it's very bittersweet like, yeah it's like they came together in the end of their lives like they can yeah and a feel lot happens like along the way yeah it sounds it sounds I mean, if you remember they've both been killing each other's families they've both like taken over each other's home worlds and in the end this is my best friend damn so it's like the fox and the hound yep. if it was <laughs> less, <laughs> um, fox and the hound if it was done by disney and a lot more depressing. Yeah. Um, anyway, my caveat is stick with season one. Because mm-hmm. I, I kind of believe all shows have a rough season one. takes mm-hmm. a little while for them to find their feet. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But it is worth it in the end. Yeah. Except Jujutsu Kaisen. That shit um, went off with a fucking banger, my dude. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, just one last thing. Season 5 is a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk much about Season 5 because it was never really planned to be a Season 5. And mm-hmm. so the first part of the season is good. Mm-hmm. It's really getting back to the normal of what it was before the battles and before the war. Yeah. But... Five. Well, I mean, that's the last fucking season. It would be hard to, like, judge the entire thing off a thing that... Some people do. I mean, fair. With that, we'll be back after a message from our sponsors. Buy stuff. Buy stuff.